How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on today's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we talk about your testosterone, how to increase it naturally, and how to stop it from declining. These are very, very important issues and topics for us to discuss for you, whether you're 20 or you're 70. This is a key thing that you should be thinking about. And the information that's on this episode is definitely going to help you. So keep listening. Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source, women. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris. You guys know us by now. And today we have a online personal fitness and health coach, Nick Sulius, with us, who's going to give us so much great information on stuff like testosterone, stuff that you guys really need to know about in order to up your health and fitness, which will up your confidence and your dating game, all of that stuff. So Nick, thanks for joining Marnie and I today. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, like a quick two to three minute introduction into you. And then I want to dive into health, why it's important for attraction, testosterone, stress, all of that. Because like we've talked about this before several times. We've had somebody come on and talk about testosterone and why your levels are important and how to actually naturally boost your testosterone. But I always think it's a good little refresher to talk about this again, because things do change out there in the medical and fitness world. And I think it's really important information for men. We can teach them how to approach women, talk to women, flirt with women. But if they don't have their health in check, none of that really matters. And that's the honest truth. So I'd love to hear a little bit just about you and your background of how you got into this space and why guys should listen to you when it comes to testosterone and health. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we can go back a few years. I played university basketball for a year for my hometown, Lakehead University. And actually during the time that I was in high school, I always wanted to play university basketball. And at the same time, I was always surrounded by people who were bigger than me because I was a very skinny kid in high school. I was a very shy kid, but I always had these aspirations to play you know, basketball at the next level. I was kind of that kid. I don't know if you remember Fly on the Wall in high school, where they'd stick you on the wall with duct tape. Really funny Is that a thing. Yeah, that's a real thing. And then whoever Canadians, stayed, like what... horrible people sticking you. On... It's boys. Yeah, it's amazing though. I because... didn't know this was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, but you were that skinny that you were skinny. able to. So yeah, 
the people in my friend group would pick me and they're like, hey, we're going to put you on the wall. And then I guess whatever, <laughs> whatever team, you know, whatever guy lasted the longest, that team won. Right. So it's just like oh, a little so it was fun. A game. Okay. It wasn't like a torture. God. No, it wasn't a torture thing. I didn't get fresh either. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping it would mentally debilitate you for years oh, and years yeah. to come. No, no, I recovered. <laughs> I recovered from flying the wall. But no, that's just the way that I was. I was a really skinny kid. And one day, obviously, I stepped into the gym because people would say, you need to get stronger and bigger if you want to play at the next level. Like I wasn't really that tall to begin with. Can you tell me how tall that is? How tall are you? Well, now I'm five foot nine and a half. But when I was in high school, I was about like five four, five five. So I was pretty short, okay? And skinny. And skinny. Yeah, I was short and skinny. And basically, so what I did was I went to the gym by myself one day. And at the time, it's funny because my sister is like five foot tall. She was actually squatting more than me at that time. So she was putting more weight on the bar and performing a barbell squat. And she was squatting more than me. And I was like, oh my God, like I suck. You got to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, I had several different trainers that helped me actually build muscle and be able to play at the next level and build strength because I would just get knocked around and it wasn't really good to be in that position to play at the next level. So I had a few trainers on my way there. Then I, I ended up playing for a year. I graduated university, but I had come a long way from that time, from that time I was in high school to playing basketball. Like I said, I was 100 pounds and then I gained... 76 pounds actually of muscle like from that time that I was 17 all the way up until now. So it's funny because when I quit playing basketball, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what to do because it's all I did. But I knew that I had so much knowledge in lifting weights, building muscle. And it was a passion of mine. Like I was always that guy that would be in the gym working with weights and then going on the court later to basketball practice. And was this because you were feeling less than and you wanted to feel more manly per se? For sure. For sure. I definitely can say that one of the reasons why I did want to do this was to build actually like attraction and be confident because I was a really shy kid. I didn't really do a lot of things on my own. I was kind of just like a follower or whatever. But working out kind of gave me that confidence. I felt like I I had control of the outcome, obviously of lifting weights, Mm -hmm. programming for myself. And so, yeah, you know, lifting weights was definitely accompanied by, you know, wanting to have more confidence, just even being more of a, per se, like alpha presence, like in, mm-hmm. in a conversation with a girl or even just being like around my family or just with myself, just adding that piece, you know, it was so valuable to my life. No, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Because I think, first of all, 76 pounds is you're going through a growth spurt during that time period as well because for it's sure. end of high school to college, but still, that's a lot. That's that's very impressive. So congratulations. That's wonderful. So let's talk to the guys who are listening now because our audience ranges in age, but I would say the core of our audience is like 35 to maybe even 65. Those are the people that listen to our podcast. Sorry if I'm neglecting some of you younger guys, but this is really helpful information for you too. But for guys who are 35 plus, because I'm sure that's some of your clients and customers, What do you typically see happening to these men when it comes to working on their bodies, their health, their testosterone levels? Are there patterns happening for a lot of men that, you know, they may need to work on or alter? And again, connecting it to attraction and confidence. Yeah, for sure. So 
That's an interesting point because, you know, I'm 25 years old and yes, like I have clients who are in their 30s, 40s and 50s. And what's happening actually at a faster rate than we know it is more men are operating with lower levels of testosterone without even knowing it. And there are several factors that are creating this result in men. And it comes down to four things. So it comes down to actually the frequency of eating. It comes down to what people are eating. It comes down to sleep quality. And it comes down to exercise. It's funny because as we age, like, Men are finding maybe that they have more fat than they used to when they were in their 20s, or it's harder to lose weight than it was in their 20s. And this actually all has to do with something called insulin. And insulin is a hormone that the pancreas produces every single time that we eat. Okay. What triggers insulin greatly is carbohydrates, refined carbohydrates like breads, pastas, bagels, cereals, that type of stuff. And the more that we eat those certain foods, the more actually insulin resistant that we get. So if you're eating three to five times a day and having snacks throughout the day, then you're raising this hormone called insulin because insulin has to grab the nutrients from the food that you eat, the carbs, and shuttle them into the cells of your body. But what's happening is people are eating so frequently that insulin basically starts to not do its job. Is it because it gets tired out? Is that that you're overusing it? It's almost like you're trying to start your lawnmower and you're just pulling it and you're pulling it and you're flooding the engine. But what really should be happening is you pull the, the lawnmower once and then it starts. It's almost like if you're at a really loud concert with your friends and the music's really loud and you're trying to yell at your friend to say something, but he can't hear you. So it's like every time that you eat these refined carbohydrates, you're spiking insulin. And after a while, it just stops doing its job. And the amount of insulin resistance that somebody has can be directly related to the amount of fat they actually have on hand the amount of energy that they have. Maybe they're tired more. Like low testosterone is sort of that subtle killer. You don't really know that it's happening. It just happens. So by consuming more food that creates insulin, Mm -hmm. you're indirectly lowering your testosterone levels slowly day by day by day. So is this a subtle way to say, eat more protein? And your testosterone will go up? Is it that simple? Exactly. Yeah. So we have to change the quality of what we're eating. But this is not to say that, you know, you can't go out and enjoy the foods that you like because a lot of people love cookies or cakes or something like that. And they're not going to say no to that on, on an event or party. But what we need to do is start bringing in foods that don't have as much of an impact on insulin. And that's exactly it. Good quality protein sources good quality fats, those two foods together, right? Or say, for example, like a piece of salmon or eggs, they don't have that high impact on insulin when you consume them. So insulin really gets jacked up when you have carbohydrates, refined ones, or starchier ones with like a lean protein, or if you're eating that carbohydrate by themselves. 
if you eat more in the way of good quality proteins, fats, and moderate carbohydrates, carbohydrates that are actually, they're lower on the glycemic index, so they have a good fiber content in them, like lentils or chickpeas or sweet potatoes and stuff like that. And if you keep that to about a handful, you know, at every meal, that's what, you know, I would start my clients on if, you know, if they're looking to lose weight, then that right there can reverse the insulin resistance. Because if you are overweight and you're finding it hard to lose weight, it basically means that you have too many of these sugars and these carbohydrates floating around the bloodstream getting deposited as fat. And if you're not burning those off, which most people aren't, because look, lots of life people- Life is busy. Life is busy. You know, you might be working eight hours. You might be attending meetings. You're out in the field, you know, going on dates, things like you that. Family to go back to, you're saying Fam- dad, lots of things. Right. And it really doesn't take much because if you've been eating a certain way through your whole life in your 20s, into your 30s, and into your 40s, then it's going to get harder and harder to lose that weight. So the first thing that I would say, and what I do with people who actually want to lose 10 pounds of fat or more, you know, or want a six pack or whatever it is, simply changing the frequency of eating and the quality of what the people are eating you can lose weight with doing less than what people would think. So for people who have increased testosterone, they're not only going to be able to get into shape better and easier, but they're also going to what? What else does testosterone do for men? Does it just raise the ability to get a really good sex, Hmm. you know, a sex romp in? Does it help you with, your confidence. What else does testosterone do besides just build muscle and make you angry sometimes? So I was going to say, so it sounds like, yes, the losing weight is wonderful, but like, I want to talk about the testosterone and the hormones because what does it mean when somebody has less testosterone? Like for their masculinity, for them as a human being, what can that show up as for them? And then let's look at the flip side of what it can show up as when they have healthy levels of testosterone. Right. So one of the things that I would say about having low testosterone is the way that you feel throughout the day. There's going to be certain points where you're tired. I'm not saying, you know, oh, like I have such high testosterone myself, but when I wake up in the morning, I feel ready to go. Like it doesn't take me an hour or two to wake up. I wake up and I'm ready to go. If you're low testosterone, I'm also, yeah, I'm also 25, but I do, like I work like crazy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still busy, but. Yeah, like I said, when you have higher levels of testosterone, you actually want to go out and do more. Like you can actually feel it. You can feel it. You're more productive. You have less actually depressing thoughts or anxiety or mental fogginess. Like I said, when you wake up in the morning. So that's a good indication. For your sex drive, for your, like, I love everything that you're saying. Cause like what it really is saying to me is that you have more confidence. You can have better conversations. You have more energy to do things, to say things. Your brain works better. So when you you know, you know get nervous around girls that you're attracted to, you can actually think of things to say. If you've been working with either Kristen or myself and have a, a tool belt of tools, you can pull from them easier. And then yeah. it also does sound like performance-wise, it will help you in the bedroom and be more in the moment. So having healthy testosterone levels are well, critical for everybody, you know, for every man, but especially for men who 
want to be out there dating and in relationships and in a healthy marriage. Like you have to have those healthy levels for just like a happy life with a partner in your life. Definitely. Yeah. Increased testosterone. Obviously, testosterone is a sex hormone. It drives you. It makes you want to have sex, right? And when those levels are elevated, then yeah, you're almost more motivated to actually go out and do it, you know, as a man, but you also have more of a sex drive for it. So, you know, when it comes to lying in bed with a girl at night and maybe you don't have the energy or you're too tired tonight, that doesn't happen because if your testosterone levels are in check, then you do have that energy and it, it you're more motivated to actually to have sex. be intimate with a girl, to have well, sex. Yeah, exactly. to flirt. I love it. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, I want to take a quick break and then I want to talk about the other two things that you said were the causes of low testosterone. So we'll be back in a second once we hear from our amazing sponsors who keep this show running. So we'll be back in a moment. Not only is football back, but basketball is back too. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sporting wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Bet NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, all the letters, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. I have helped hundreds of men. Maybe we're into the thousands now. I don't keep that good of track of my numbers, but I know we're at the very high hundreds. I've helped so many men get their banter skills in shape so that they're able to get women off of the internet or off the street and onto a date. Guys that don't know how to talk or have rehearsed plan lines or bad pickup artist moves, 
don't get the dates. Girls want authenticity. And I can teach you how to authentically banter, create attraction, flirt, tease, tease without offending her. I know that's a big thing you guys are always worried about. And be that smooth, easy breezy guy that you've always wanted to be. You can't do it unless you put in the work. So email me at Kristen at KristenandChill.com and we'll work something out. I want you to get your banter skills in shape. And if it's not your banter skills, I can make you a kick-ass profile. I've got the eye for it, baby. I know what women are looking for and I get guys so many matches. Why let all those guys get the matches when you can get them too? So again, email me at Kristen at KristenandChill.com and we'll figure out exactly what you need to get your dating game where it should be, which is way up high. Right now, it might be ankle height. And unless you have really, really, really high ankles, that's not very high. So I'll hopefully see you at kristenandchill.com. All right, we are back with Nick Sulius, who is the owner of an online fitness training program. Sorry, what is it called again? I operate under my own name. So it's Nick Sulius. Obviously, I'm basically self-employed. I'm an online Got personal it. so trainer. And, yeah. Right. And it's Nick Sulius. Okay. And if you want to find out more about him and his training, go to winggirlmethod.com slash Nick, and you can learn about Nick's complete program. So let's talk about the other two things that you had mentioned. So actually, if you want to go over all four again, that would be great. Yeah. So where were we? So we talked about the frequency of eating. We talked about the yeah. food, what we're eating. Another huge one is sleep. Okay. And this one's often underlooked. Because if you're getting low quality sleep or you're not getting as many hours of deep sleep as you should be, then your testosterone levels are going to crash. And along with that, growth hormone is going to crash. Growth hormone is also a hormone that preserves muscle. It helps you with fat loss. So if you're not sleeping, you're not getting the benefits of testosterone and growth hormone. What's actually happening is you're becoming actually more stressed out. You're raising cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And it actually counteracts testosterone. So cortisol is funny because it can actually feed off of your own muscle protein and store your muscle, like your muscle protein as glucose or stored sugars because cortisol really isn't your friend in many situations, especially if you're not sleeping. Okay, so it's important that you're getting, I'm not saying you have to be religious with this and get eight hours, but if you can operate with six hours of good sleep or seven, that's great. And yeah, it's going to completely boost your growth hormone and testosterone levels to be able to lose fat and build high quality muscle along with a training program that you do. So you said six to eight hours, but what are the hours that you should be sleeping? Because I watched on Masterclass, I forget what his name was, Matthew something. And he did this whole Masterclass on sleep. And he was talking about like basically after 10 o'clock, like anything's shitty sleep after that. So is that true that you have to have like your sleep it goes with the, your circadian rhythm, right? Right. And it has right. to be on a certain hours or else it's not beneficial. Yes. So I'm not saying that everybody, you know, needs to go to sleep at 10 o'clock at night, but it, right. is benef- but it is beneficial if you are able to actually go to bed at 10 o'clock at night because the longer you do stay up, the longer you miss on those hours of deep quality sleep. But just to touch on that, one of the best ways to actually get deep sleep, which if you click the link, and you take the testosterone assessment, you're going to find out more about this, but is to turn off the TV 
obviously a few, maybe a few hours or an hour before bed. Stop eating two or three hours before bed. You can also meditate or do something that's going to calm you down. Maybe watch like a comedy show or something like that. That'll help you get more hours of deep sleep. You'll notice that right away. And if you stop drinking along with eating. But at the same time, yeah, like, is there like an optimal amount of time? Like, I think it's whatever, because some people are different. Some people say, oh, like I've had, I have five hours of sleep, but I feel really good. But maybe that five hours of sleep was really good, right? So yeah, for myself, I like to get eight if I can. It's not always like that. I'll probably get like seven. But if you can get six or maybe just a little bit less, I would never get like four. Yeah. Is there an optimal time to work out during the day? Does your body benefit more if it's straight in the morning and you start revving your engine right away? Or does it still work the same if you're you know, doing it right after work at six o'clock? Yeah, it is a good question. Um, well, when you work out in the morning, obviously when you wake up in the morning, you have this elevation of cortisol or stress because your body's kind of, you're kind of in that, in that adrenaline mode, Okay. So if you have coffee or something like that, and then you go work out, you're kind of working with the body's natural like rhythm because working out is actually a stressful event as well. But then again, if you work out in the afternoon or the evening, you don't really have that stress because you've been eating all day, you've been out for a few hours. But what the research shows is that in terms of when to work out for testosterone, it doesn't really matter. Personally, I like to do it in the morning because it wakes me up, it gets me going but you can do it at any time of the day. There's no huge impact on testosterone if you work out in the evening or morning. And so how about eating before you work out? So if you do work out in the morning, if you work out in the morning and you start out, you know, with two hard-boiled eggs or something, you know, and a handful of nuts, is that optimal to work out on or do you need carbohydrates? Because I know we're trying to limit the carbohydrates because of the insulin, but I know carbohydrates are supposed to, you know, give you energy to work out. So what's the balance of what you should be eating before you work out? That's a great point. Okay. So from what I've found and what I do with my clients is if they're working out in the morning, I actually advise them not to eat. Okay. Rather I advise you could do like coffee or actually you can add a little bit of salt in your water or something like that to work out. And that's because, because it dips into the stored fat. That's already right. there. Because I, when I used to be obsessed past- with working out yeah. when I was in college. So I have like some of these leftover remnants of when I was motivated and had life in me. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> what, what I would say too, yeah, like when you, when you work out, you're burning through the stored glucose that your body has, the stored carbohydrates that your body has. You're working off its own fat stores. And then ideally after your workout, you have a post-workout meal. And just to add to that, it would be the best time to have carbohydrates because you're more insulin sensitive after you work yeah. out. But Your you body's hear, like, okay, like I... I yeah, I but you take- hear everyone talk about this pre-workout, pre-workout drink or, or whatever. Is that marketing? Is that because the company wants to sell people eating or drinking, having something before they work out? Or is that because they truly think that's what you should do before you work out to get the most optimal workout? That's exactly... It's all... Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's all a marketing thing. Yeah. I remember buying C4 and pre-workouts. And if you look at the back of the labels of most of the supplements out there, the list is huge. Like there's all different kinds of artificial sweeteners. There's a bunch of things that you really don't even need. But if somebody's in their 30s or 40s or 50s, rather than 
doing something like that, maybe have a supplement that has that is higher in potassium, magnesium, or sodium, just the essential things that your body actually needs to give you energy. Quite I would frankly. always do a banana. Yeah, you could do that too. I, I wouldn't mind something like that, a banana. Yeah, it has that potassium. It does have the carbohydrates, but if you're, say if somebody's doing well, actually like having carbohydrates before their workout, they're like, okay, like I actually, you know, I perform better if I have it, then by all means have it. Yeah. Right. So a question that I asked earlier that kind of got cut out was in terms of your own clients, do you hear from them about getting more girls or having more female activity or just feeling like they're attracting women and they're not even trying? Do you go that route sometimes and and get that information from them? Or are you not aware of what's going on in their personal life after you're working with them? Yeah, I definitely do hear some stories from my clients. I had a client who was in his 50s and he was single, but he would tell me that even when he goes out, say to like a grocery store or something like that, he would find that he's getting like more looks from girls, you know, without yeah. even doing anything. Yeah. So and I was like, oh, that's great. And, you know, people that he knew would be like, oh, you must have lost weight because, you know, you're swimming in that winter jacket. I've had some kids or some clients of mine that were in college and were having more sexual experiences with girls you know, losing 10 pounds or having a six pack just because maybe they were more confident taking their shirt off. You know, maybe they, before they weren't. So, you know, you hear that all the time. And even for somebody like myself, if I'm going out, I do notice those things as well. Because if you're looking good in your fitted clothing, I think women can see that, that you like to take care of yourself. And it's almost just like an asset. You know, obviously it's not going to make everybody's pants fall off, right? <laughs> just like mm-hmm. having, getting like the best body in the world, gonna but it's going to help. For sure. It's going to help. And so when you do approach a girl, you're almost already in almost, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It gets you a foot in the door. It gets you a foot in the door. Like we've said this before on the show. You know, we don't say like, oh yeah, all you have to do is be rich and really good looking and you get everything that you want. But listen, those things get you foots in the door. Yep. They are instant door openers for you. It doesn't mean you have to do something or you don't have to do anything once you get past that yeah. door. And if you don't, it can be door closers if you, you know, if you don't, not all the time, but like, so I went out with someone recently and I liked him. I did. We're probably going to go out again, but I couldn't really tell underneath what he was wearing, what his body was like. And not that I need a guy who's going to look like the Hulk by any means, but to me, it was lifestyle. It was like, okay, is this guy sitting on the couch and having this like too much couch to living ratio and from past experiences or past relationships, something I'm looking for is someone who is physically active. And so we had a really good date. I thought it was really cute, all that stuff, but I don't know what's underneath there. And when I find out it may make or break because if I see, I mean, he's, thinner, but if there's no muscle there at all, it just says to me something about his lifestyle. It's almost like, you know, there's that phrase that raising tides lifts all ships or something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if the guy that I'm with is active and working out, that's going to motivate me to want to be more active and working out. Obviously I have my own responsibility to do it for myself, but when one person's doing it, 
and one person's not, you can kind of be dragging that other person down. Mm -hmm. And so not all women are looking for a perfect physique and I'm not looking for a perfect physique. I'm looking for a physique that says, I take care of myself because I care about living and the quality of my life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Well, then you should sign up to work with Nick because uh, you don't know who's going to motivate you. Well, it was so funny because I actually (laughs) just got off the phone earlier with Orange Theory Fitness because I'm like... Oh, I love it there. Yeah. I'm like, I really need to. Even as a woman, like my ass is like, I'm thin. I've lost a lot of weight. I'm five foot four and a half. And I weigh right now, I weigh 98 pounds. And that's not good. And it's not attractive. No, it's not good. No. And so like when I look in the mirror, I don't see like an empowered woman. It's the same thing with a man. I see like, Mm -hmm. I look like, I'm not saying this to be funny or to be like to throw around something really sensitive, but like the top part of me, I'm like, I look like a picture of someone from Auschwitz and that's not attractive. So I was just on the phone with someone talking about the classes at Orange Theory to build muscle. I don't want to burn calories. I want to build muscle. And so it was just kind of ironic that you're on our show today because I never just get on the phone and talk to someone about building muscle. <laughs> Motivation. Yeah. Motivation yeah. for you. I knew exactly who to have. But like, as you get older as well, especially for women, but for men too, you do lose muscle. You lose your bone density. You have to do strength training in order to build and back up and eat the right foods. Right. And a very good point there. The reason why that's happening is insulin. Again, it does come down to insulin resistance. If your body and the cells, like your muscle cells aren't taking in the nutrients appropriately, then you can't build high quality muscle on the other end of the spectrum. And yeah, so basically if you're eating you know, a lot of protein and it's not working, well, it's because you have insulin resistance. And then on the other end of the spectrum, if you're way overweight, again, you're not efficiently taking in the nutrients from the food that you eat because you're insulin resistant and it's getting stored as fat, those carbohydrates. Because we all have we all have different body types. We all come from a different place. That's why I hammered home those points there on the frequency of eating and the quality of eating are huge. And then, yeah, you know, working out is an accelerator to build that muscle. And if you have all of the elements together, then your yeah. body's going to start to change rapidly. Yeah. Actually, you didn't really talk about the frequency of eating. How frequently are you supposed to be eating? You can eat, I would say, to eat three square meals a day. Like three square meals a day, that's perfect. If you can go two to three hours without eating, having one meal, having your next one, perfect. The funny thing is... You don't really need snacks. Snacks are like the death of us, I think. Right. But I've also heard the opposite where you should have all these mini meals throughout the day. Yeah, so... What I would say to that is it's not true that you need to be eating every two hours. I think you need to feel that it's hunger. Right. And when actually in the periods that you're not eating, that's when all of the natural hormones are actually being raised. That's why when you go to sleep at night and you wake up in the morning, you're five pounds, maybe lighter. And you're like, oh my God, I'm five pounds lighter than I was last night when I ate. I never weigh myself during the day or at night. It's only in the morning. Yeah, I would say because <laughs> I want it because of course I mean I'm getting too thin, but of course you want it to be the lowest possible. So it's like before I had anything to eat, I empty my bladder, I have no clothes on, everything's out of you, everything's out. What do I weigh? You know, and it's obviously not a total accurate representation, right? And what I was going to say about that too is, I don't know if a lot of men want to be preparing breakfast, snack, lunch, dinner, you know, while they're at the office as well. So if you're incorporating higher quality foods and eating 
maybe two or three times a day. Because another thing is if you kind of drop those refined grains and the carbohydrates, you're going to become less hungry because the fats and the protein are actually satiating you. They're keeping you full. So you can go longer without eating. You're not going to be on this like roller coaster of like, oh, I just ate and now I'm hungry. Now I just ate and I'm hungry. Maybe I'm hangry, like, it, you know, all day long. So rather you can get kind of a smooth productivity out of your day. So I'm wondering if men listening right now are thinking, you're saying high quality proteins. Obviously, we're wondering which ones those are. But when you say like lean protein, obviously we think of like chicken or fish or turkey or something like that. But when we get into the high quality proteins, I'm thinking steak, pork, like mm-hmm. pork chops or things, but those things can add to your blood pressure, you know, if you have high blood pressure or something like that, right? So what is the ideal protein that doesn't, is not going to give a guy a heart attack from eating too many steaks and eggs, but also is going to build your muscle on like chicken and fish? Right. So what I would say about that is, Six to eight ounces of protein at every meal is sufficient enough for the average male. When I talk about high quality protein, I'm saying things like all the different types of red meats, ground beef, pork, salmon. If you're going to go vegan, like the vegan route, you can do tofu. I think chicken breast is great. All the dark meats, like the chicken leg and the thigh and maybe turkey and stuff like that. Those are more good quality protein sources. Obviously, you can go even further than that and get your stuff grass-fed. But that's it's really hard to find grass-fed food. Yeah, it is. And would you it's put that. nuts and stuff like that and legumes in the category of protein? Yeah. So I would say almonds, pistachios, cashews, all the different types of nuts are pretty good. You see a lot of people making too now like almond flour treats like muffins and pancakes and stuff like that. Those are all optimal to actually get your body to take in more fats and get used to eating more fats. And they're tasty as well. So it's not like, you know, you're grabbing a muffin from Tim Hortons. Uh, you're so this, good quality food. I'm sorry, I keep kind of stepping on you. So, Literally, I'm actually he's next to me and I've got my foot on his chest and yeah, he is pretty muscular. Exactly, <laughs> it's pretty sturdy. <laughs> But this works as well for men who do want to lose weight too, right? This list of food that you're talking about, not just guys looking to build muscle. Right. I think it's actually the best way. And it's what I do with my clients who actually want to lose a significant amount of weight because lowering your carbohydrate intake and obviously not eliminating them, but incorporating the right ones along with having a higher fat and protein diet has been pretty superior when it comes to losing a significant amount of weight and more sustainable too because it's not like you're you're on your phone tracking how many calories are in this meal that meal you're literally just eating one meal having another one three or four hours later i had a guy who actually was an airline pilot so he was flying to europe with delta yeah pretty hot he was yeah (laughs) i don't care if they're 68 yeah pilots are hot and i will kind of Follow them around the airport a little bit if I have some extra time. Yeah, maybe I'll give you I'll give you his number at the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm sure it's nine one one because he's going to be dead soon because he's old. But that's okay. Yeah. I'll still hang out with him for a little bit. Yeah, but anyway, back to the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this guy was flying, like I said, like to Europe, and he would stay for days on end, and like he wouldn't be able to eat, you know, every two hours yeah. and stuff like that. And one of the most powerful things that we did was actually 
he did an intermittent fasting protocol while he was flying. So he was having, this means like not eating for 12 or 16 or maybe more hours. It really depends on the person. Good thing the passengers don't know this. I'd be like, he's going to pass out. No, but (laughs) the thing is, when you intermittent fast, your productivity actually increases if you do it correctly. Obviously, I wouldn't start somebody, okay, like start fasting. And then they'd go to work and they'd be like, oh my God, like I'm dying. But if you get your body actually to start utilizing fats for fuel by eating more in the way of healthy fats and protein, then your body actually knows what to do when you don't give it food because it can take from its own fat. So you get that satiation. And if you're having, say, you know, herbal tea or salt, uh, because those are the things that you can have on a fast, those will uh, keep you uh, in the game, so to speak. Alive, yeah. And water. It's so interesting. Helpful when you're flying. I think I've Mm -hmm. talked about it on the show before, but I, you know, had disordered eating for a couple of years when I was younger. So for me to hear about fasting, I'm just like, ah, it's starving yourself. And I know that it's not, and it's highly beneficial. There's plenty of studies out there that it regrows your cells in your body. It clears out your digestive system. It makes it run smoother. It makes complete sense to me, but there is still something in my mind that fights against the fasting. But my husband does it every single day mm. and it's high, highly beneficial. Or I do it unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I really, well, I'm just too lazy. 90, 98 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll go. It's weird because I don't know if men out there can relate, but I'm not hungry for breakfast. So if I'm eating breakfast, I have to force it. And it really just is so unappealing. Mm-hmm. And then if I eat lunch, then I feel weighed down during the day and I don't want to feel weighed down during the day. So I won't really have lunch and then I have a dinner. <laughs> but this is why I'm di- dying of starvation. <laughs> yeah, but I'll have going to orange theory. You need to have more food. I know, but I have a big, I have a big dinner and it's not a binge dinner. It's just, I'm sufficiently hungry and then I eat until I feel normal and good. And then I don't eat again until pretty much the next day. What I do do is I'll have cheese is probably not in your protocol, but I'll have some cheese and crackers or like cheese, almonds and crackers or something maybe in the middle of the day if I'm breaking the fast, which I'm not even intentionally doing. Mm -hmm. But that's what I've been doing, which obviously, you know, has made me lose weight. But it's been more so just because that's what my body's wanted, not because I've intentionally done it. So with the guys who are, sorry, I just, I shouldn't apologize, but I was, like Marnie said, for a little while, she had disordered eating. I had some disordered eating in college when I gained weight and I had never gained weight in my life. Yeah, I freaked out. And this was kind of before the internet. Like we didn't, the internet was there, but it wasn't like you could Google weight, like workout programs. Weight college. Yeah, right. So I just started to try to figure it out by reading books or doing things on my own. And I bulked up with muscle very quickly. So bulking, do you find to be genetic? Like there may be certain guys where if they start doing this, they get bigger than they're expecting versus a guy following the same exact protocol and not getting the bulk as quickly? Definitely, because everybody has a different metabolic rate as well. So if you're somebody who's naturally really skinny, like myself and maybe you, then it's going to take a little bit more for your body to bulk because calories do matter. You know, I talk about intermittent fasting and all this stuff, but the amount of calories that you take in actually matter. Yeah. Do I think that you need to track your calories, you know, and be religious with it? No, but I would recommend 
somebody weigh in once every week just to see where they're at. So they're like, okay, like I ate a certain way throughout the course of the week. Did I gain weight? Yes, no. Okay, well, maybe I need to eat a little bit more. That's why it is good to know how many calories are in food or like kind of what you are consuming. But you're absolutely right. Like when I got to my the peak of 176, I was eating like 4,200 calories at, at the time, but I'm naturally skinny. So I gained fat. But if somebody else, if somebody else ate 4,200 calories, then they might skyrocket in their weight. But it also depends on what you're doing as well, like how active you are. You have to take that into effect. Yeah, of course, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about testosterone outside of just working out, can there be bad side effects to it? Or is it all beneficial? Like, can you get more? I mean, this might not be a super bad side effect for men, but when they naturally increase their testosterone, are they going to get hairier? Things like that. Are different body changes going to happen that are undesirable? You know, is there an undesirable side to more testosterone? No, I would say if you're naturally raising your testosterone, there's no negative effect of doing that. Maybe your hair will grow a little bit faster. It's funny because I noticed myself like my hair will grow back faster than it used to. That could be a thing. But in terms of like growing hair in, in different like, I don't know, areas where you never had hair, that's not going <laughs> to happen or anything like that. I would say the best things that are going to come out of it is your body structure is going to change. You know what I mean? It's going to change the way that you look in a fitted shirt. You might be buying new clothes and throwing the old ones out because, you know, you were overweight before yeah, donating them. Yeah. Yeah. And are guys doing, because I obviously know steroids are obviously like a no-go. Like we're, we don't want to do steroids to raise the testosterone. But are there any healthy supplements on the market or anything like that that people can do to jumpstart their testosterone? Or is it all just natural changing your diet? That's how to get testosterone. You see it all over the place. Like I saw a commercial with uh, Shaq like the other day, I think, and he had like a he was doing a testosterone supplement. But the problem is taking supplements like pills or something like that that are on the market. They absolutely will not work because it has to do with what's happening inside of your body. It's like you can't put a band aid on a cut and then the cut's going to heal. The cut will heal by itself. Like if you put ointment on it or whatever, you actually have to fix the problem inside your body, which is, you know, insulin resistance, if you have it, and if you are overweight or you have really poor muscle tone, then you probably, you have it. You can naturally, you know, raise your testosterone by getting more good quality sleep, taking time between the meals that you eat. Those supplements aren't going to do anything. Yeah. So and there's no cheating it. There's no cheating it, but you can obviously, like I said, take it. What happens, like if you go to your doctor and actually get prescribed it, but what happens is when you take it from your doctor, you're, you're getting dosed with it, you'll never come off of it for the rest of your life. And your body will actually stop naturally producing it. So you're dependent on... Lowering your testosterone. Right. So yes, like you might get all jacked up. Like you see some guys at the gym that are like, look like But it's beetles. screwing you long term. And it's screwing yeah. you long term. Yeah. And I even know some guys, yeah, like my age that are telling me that they're taking it you know, because these people yeah, are scared horrible. that, yeah, they're scared yeah. that maybe they won't look, they're not going to be able to build muscle. Like, no, that's the thing. Like you can naturally raise your testosterone. You can, it, you can do all these things. And I didn't even talk about it yet, but exercise is one of the biggest ones. Like putting your muscles under resistance and increasing that resistance every week through like a structured program. 
that's how your body actually changes as well, along with the diet part. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wrap up the show. I think this is a lot of really good information. So thank you, Nick, for coming on. And if anybody wants to do, you said that you have a testosterone assessment. Test or what, what is assessment? It's right? an assessment. find out. Yes. How your testosterone is doing. Go to winggirlmethod.com slash Nick and check it out. Also, when you take that assessment, you're going to get some of my free guides to optimizing your testosterone with some of the topics that we talked about, such as alcohol or what foods to buy that are actually going to make testosterone in your body naturally, that you can just have them in your pantry, how to get good quality sleep, all that good stuff. So take the assessment. You'll get my free guides. Okay. I love it. Winggirlmethod.com slash Nick. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sorry that I'm wrapping it up so quickly, but I have a coaching client in three three minutes. (laughs) But this was a really, really good show. So thank you for doing this. And new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show and please pass it on to other men that you think can benefit from this information. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.